0: Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co-host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Bocalfire.com. Bocalfire is a better way to rent professional
1: DSLR lenses. With 30-day rentals, unlimited swapping, free shipping, and free insurance coverage, Bocalfire is the best deal around. Use any Pro, Canon, or Nikon lens for your DSLR camera with no return dates and no stress. Keep it as long as you want. When you're done, send the lens back using the prepaid shipping label and swap it for your next one. Offering all the most popular Canon and Nikon lenses, including primes, zooms, telephotos, and a lot more. Use the coupon code ANGRY15 to get 15% off any Bocafire membership. Valid now through July 2016, only at bocafire.com.
0: So guys, we're here today recording from the Office of Digital Transitions in Midtown Manhattan. It's an awesome opportunity to be recording here as I've been big fans of theirs for a long time now they're a specialty shop that sells and rents high-end cameras such as Phase One, Mamiya, and Leaf Digital Backs, as well as Cambo and Arca-Swiss technical cameras. Recording in here is a photo nerd's dream, as the office is literally full of the best cameras in the world. Some of their clients include friends of the show like Douglas Saunders. Now, this isn't just a camera store with glass cases and a checkout line. It's it's honestly more like a day spa for equipment. It's wild. You you gotta check it out for yourself. So everyone, be sure to give lots of love to Digital Transitions for letting us talk to you guys in their awesome space right in the middle of the greatest city in the world. All right, guys. I'm really excited to introduce today's guest to you all. So let's get started.
1: You know what's convenient is that uh since it's a podcast, they can't see that I'm holding a
0: gun to your head. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. All right, guys. I'm really excited because today's to introduce gays. Wow, gays. I'm going to put all this in.
1: No, go today's ahead. No, gaze. go ahead and introduce <laughs> this. <laughs> See, <laughs> that's all right, man.
2: See, last time I was the one drinking yes. a little bit more, a little bit yeah, faster. Yeah, I'm and, not going to lie. I thought that Jose. was a shot.
1: Yeah, to be clear, uh, he's talking about the gin and tonic drink.
2: A, a shot. <laughs> Who he says gin and tonic? <laughs> it, it, the shot he thought was a shot that was in a pint glass, a third of the way full.
0: <laughs> Listen, I'm a beer drinker. So, Doug, you know we're here today with Doug Peterson. Why don't you say hello, Doug? Hello, hello. <laughs> so uh, we'll start off. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about digital transitions, which we're going to refer from here on out as DT. Uh, and what they do? Yeah, so uh,
1: when you look at camera brands like Canon and Nikon, they're kind of sold everywhere. Everybody has access to selling Canon and Nikon, and they're kind of more commodity brands. Uh, what we sell is Phase One, Mamiya digital backs, and a couple select brands like Azo and Profoto, Arca Swiss, Cambo. But when you walk in the door, you're not going to see like a whole bunch of glass cases, and there's not some guy there who's you know on a summer internship who's going to talk to you about your your five dollar lens hood replacement and why the generic battery for the canon is so much better than the canon brand one (laughs) this is a lot more of a specialty shop where you're going to come in you're going to sit down you're going to talk to us about you know what you shoot what you care about shooting what you're currently using for equipment what you find really great about that equipment and what you you know like to improve on and we'll try to match you up with the digital back or a technical camera or a view camera that matches that well so, photographer, it's like
2: walking into Willy Wonka's factory instead of like the M and M store.
1: You know, I think that's right. <laughs> Everybody loves M and M's, but if you can do the, if you can only, do the Willy Wonka store, only the I'd red th- ones, only the red ones. All
0: right. So, um, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it's so the first thing when I was, we've met a bunch of times at these at these events, and um, you know, admittedly, I knew you were a photographer as well, and you are a wedding shooter primarily, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Cool. Um, and I. I was doing some research and I realized that you actually studied in Australia, in Queensland. Yep. So, you know, that's, you know, most photographers do seek out some kind of schooling, you know, to let them down, you know, set them down the right path and that kind of stuff. Um, But I think very few people go all the way to Australia. So, you know, what what was that? What was that like? Well, so like I was
1: going to OU, Ohio University in, in Southern Ohio for school. And they actually have a a really good visual communications program, which I think is a great pretentious way of saying photography. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's so many schools that give you a degree in photography. I got a degree in visual communications. I got a bachelor of science. (laughs) No, but I I was studying there and uh, they have an internship. They have have an exchange with the Queensland College of Art in Brisbane. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was like a junior, there wasn't much, if any, film being taught left in... uh, in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So OU wasn't teaching any film, and I wanted to get more film education. I, I started with film in high school. It's very, very lucky to have a high school program that that did a very good photo education based on film. Right. And I did a class in freshman year, and then they shut down that darkroom, and I wanted to keep studying film.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. And, when, when was this, am I asking?
1: Uh, so 2007 is when I wanted and done the exchange.
0: Oh, okay. 2006, yeah. 2007. So it, made, and, it makes unfortunately makes some sense but
1: well and and part of it is and i assume so you teach and part of it is just chemical disposal and getting the facilities and environmental stuff out of the way or out of the way just completely (laughs) pushing aside the the global health earth the global earth health issues uh but just say green yeah green just going green right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. photography can involve some pretty terrible chemicals especially for color But anyway, so I went to I went to Queensland College of Art in in Australia where they were still teaching exclusively on film, which was refreshing and shocking at the same time. And you had these kids who were graduating to be commercial photographers who graduated never having touched a digital camera Hmm. or being primarily or exclusively taught on film. And I'll tell you what, I'm still a big advocate of learning some of these techniques on film. Right. I remember distinctly the first time I did a still life shoot there. And I had been there for like two weeks. First two weeks he didn't really touch the cameras, you just talked theory and, and everything. Yeah. And man, the first time I was in the in the, the studio and I realized that each and every one of the Polaroids was a six-pack of beer. <laughs> I realized I need to be really careful and think this through. Right. Right. <laughs> every time I take a final picture i'm out of beer it's not <laughs> it's not something you can just joke around about right so no, no, totally. yeah so i went to queensland for that and uh it was really great the only thing i, I wish was that you know australia is very similar in a lot of ways to the u.s if you, if you talked about boston and new york and texas and california and australia and i just sort of dropped you down each of those places you wouldn't know which one was a different country hmm. i mean hell i'd
0: probably pick texas <laughs> <laughs> cheap living right yeah that's that's pretty cool have you ever been to Texas or to no? Australia? To Australia. Never been. No, and I have a cousin who lives there, and uh, Jessica's aunt lives there as well. And her and her boyfriend came to visit a couple months ago and stayed with us in Maryland. He was everything I thought in Crocodile Dundee in real life. And the, his <laughs> name, the
1: accent is totally real. Man. Yeah, they, they, oh, it is not. Oh, it is yeah. not putting on airs. That no. is totally how they talk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it was really funny. So my my cousin tells me about how she was in I guess Sydney, right, one of the bigger cities, and she had met a guy who was really well to do, and he uh, said he made his money in farming. Okay, whatever. So they're in the city having a great time. And he keeps saying, "Listen, I really want to bring you to my family farm, but I have this." <laughs> She's like, that, he was, "That
2: can go so wrong." You no, know,
0: yeah, he was he was painfully honest. Where he goes, every time I've had a girlfriend and I bring them to this place, we break up because he has too much money. I- yeah, I don't. I don't know what it was. So, so literally, or because
1: they're having sex with the sheep behind us. You got to fill this yeah, in, man. Yeah. What, what is the problem? So,
0: so they go, and my my cousin tells me, she goes, I've roughed it. I've lived in you know crappy neighborhoods, whatever. But when I tell you this house that was supposedly, you know, it was mostly land, right? Tons of million dollar equipment, uh, kind of stuff. And they walk into the house, and it literally is a dirt floor, and the. From, I think that any one of the walls probably had like a good eight inch gap that let in all the light and the rodents and everything else. And, (laughs) but that was normal when you live in that part of the country. Sounds and, like more uh, you just went to the outback and they were just like psych, no, literally no 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 <laughs> it, 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 it was pretty much the outback and and it was she told me she'd probably stay there for like a day and I was like I can't, I can't I can't do this, and he said it I'm like, well here's my thing if if you know that's happened every single time, don't bring anyone there, maybe just, maybe hire a fake family. <laughs> Bring them home. <laughs> oh, we're so glad to see you. This
1: seems like a hotel room. No, no, no. This is just this is just how we live. Yeah. Is, so is this similar to your experience in Australia? I, I, I was living in Brisbane, which actually reminds me a lot of Boston. Oh, wow. It, it I... is a big city, but not so big you can't really feel fully aware of the entire city. You, know? right. you can get very comfortable with the whole city. You can walk around the city from start to finish. It was a beautiful place. I'll tell you what, though. I, I was intending on going to New Zealand when I was there. In the same way that I think most people associate Australia and New Zealand being together. First of all, never mistake in Australia <laughs> from New Zealand. Kiwis, Aussies, not good friends. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, And they're also not that close. Like physically, geography. Yeah. They're not that close together. It's sort of like saying, oh, I'm going to go to California and just stop by Hawaii. <laughs> they are the closest things you can find to each other
0: but they're super far apart. Right. How, so fa- I, how far away is
1: it? I mean, it's like a five, I want to say a five hour flight. I mean, it's, oh, a, wow. it's a long yeah, way away. That's pretty much New York Coast to California.
2: California. I think we have that perception, like they'll just swim over. They're Australian. I don't, just I don't think anyone's,
0: anyone's ever swim. said that.
2: <laughs> We're Americans, dude. Like.
0: <laughs> yeah, ours, I'll, I'll admit our sense of geography and history is horrible, but I don't think anyone swims from New Zealand. Um, they're Australian, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I also noticed you studied uh, commercial photography there. right? So do you still pursue that at all? Or is it mostly just the weddings lately? Or
1: Yeah, so when I was living in Miami, I'd do some more commercial jobs. But generally commercial work comes you know Monday through Friday. And the jobs I've had with uh, DTN, with a previous equipment company, uh, they don't really allow so much for Monday through Friday. So right, wedding right. photography is a great, great mix of not interfering with my 9 to 5, but still letting me get out there on shoot. And I really feel... So strongly that every company like this has to have at least a couple people, if not everybody, who actively shoot.
0: Yes, who's a working professional.
1: Yeah. yeah, You don't want to walk into a place where supposedly they're going to give you advice about shooting and say, oh, well, what do you think of this lens? Oh, well, the, the, the Canon rep told me this lens was great for sports. <laughs> have you ever shot any sports with it? I haven't touched a camera in 10 years. <laughs> it's like getting basketball advice from like, a polo player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the guy who makes the shirts for Polaroid. <laughs> <Right. laughs> He's going to be on next week, actually. Yeah, yeah. But I, I should say, I should say yeah. if anybody wants to hire a commercial photographer out there for a really high day rate, I'm totally available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: totally available. That's when you're like, I'll use up my sick day, my vacation day, and not really care because I'm making five times what I'm making. <laughs>
1: this is what I say about wedding photography, right? That you don't want to have. You want to have good brides, right? You have right. brides you want to hang out with for eight, ten hours. And, and you know, I think brides should want a tire for that they can hang out with yeah. for eight or 10 hours yeah. and enjoy that.
0: Yeah, so we have consults and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: every once in a while, you know, somebody will come up and, and they'll call me up and say, hey, I want you to shoot my wedding. Can we, you know, sit down and talk about packages? And I never give pricing before I meet them. Right, of course. Because you sit down and the person is just crazy. Crazy pants. <laughs> sure, no problem. I would love. I would be so honored to shoot your wedding. My rate is twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> and hey, look. If any of them ever say yes, pain, I will put up pain. with the pain yeah. in the ass bitch. No oh, yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. bride at twenty five thousand dollars a day. I will deal with her. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: That's a lot. I, there's not much I wouldn't do at twenty five thousand dollars a day for a date rate. Right? We won't. We won't go down there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so listen, um, as a photographer, you kind of bring up a certain point. How did you end up working with uh, with DT? And actually, why don't you tell us about, have, we, have you been with them your whole career, or with someone else? I,
1: I'll go all the way back to the beginning. I think right, everything yeah. you need to know about me, you can know by the fact that I got into photography by buying a camera, purchased with money I made from being a computer programmer.
3: Oh, right, cool. So I am,
1: I am a class A certified nerd, <laughs> dweeb. Star Trek or Star Wars? Yes. Which one? No, yes. Correct. Both. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. Uh, I mean, Star Wars and Star Trek, they don't, they're not really that close. You see, now you, you got me down this road. No, no, no. No, we're not talking about this. So I was a computer programmer, and I spent an entire day once, an entire Saturday. Woke up at like 8 a.m., started coding, went to bed at 10 p.m. The entire day, I was trying to track down a bug, and at the end of the day... It was a semicolon instead of a colon. I spent the entire day figuring out that I'd use a semicolon instead of a colon in a variable declaration. And and that just infuriated I me. And I thought, I never want to do this for a <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can imagine. I mean, I've seen, uh, I used to work at a company where I basically was a project manager for a lot of developers and engineers and that kind of stuff. And we, they used to always send hysterical memes that only you guys would get. So one of them is like, you know, it would say like Firefox, check, you know, Chrome, check, Safari, check, and then Internet Explorer, table flip, because <laughs> nothing would ever work in IE. I figure
1: computer programmers is like proofreading. I understand that they could make money. Why would you
0: ever want to do that for a living? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. Like you said, there was another one where someone's looking like this, like almost like Jackie Chan, you know. And they go, "My code doesn't work. I don't know why. I can't figure it out." Some right? people
2: are just wired for it. Yeah,
0: I don't, and I don't get then, it. But a minute later, it's just it goes, "My code works. I have no idea why." <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what changed, and it's like suddenly it's great. No clue. So
2: okay, so I, I wouldn't mind program. it. It was more like war games, but it's not war, war the training kind. Works. Yeah. I'd say board games or war, war games. games, Matthew Broder. Oh, oh right! No, at the end, the oh. kid and the computer oh. and the yeah. I th- I thought I was going way out there. I, th- I mean, I'm glad we you got we, it. We we okay. could go with Daryl if you want to go like
0: eighties <laughs> weird reference.
1: I used to love Daryl. But <laughs> so, go on? so anyway, so, you're a programmer. Anyway. so I was a programmer, bought a camera, started doing photography. Like I said, I had a great high school photography program. That's something I'm, I'm still passionate about. If they didn't teach high school photography teachers so damn poorly. I would do that in a heartbeat because that that is what got me in. And my teacher, Mr. Retzel, he was just phenomenal. Where did you grow up? Hudson, Ohio, near Akron, near Cleveland, Ohio, between the two coasts, depending on your level of of knowledge about the Midwest, (laughs) I would say between the two coasts. Yeah. Yeah, LeBron, exactly. Right in the middle. (laughs) My friend fouled LeBron James during a high school basketball game. And that was more than enough. That was his highlight of his high school career. It's actually on his Wikipedia
0: page. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I, I did high school photography, I went into college, and what I found was that what I loved about photography was the learning part. Mm-hmm. I loved finding these new techniques, I, learned, I, I loved learning how the things worked, mm-hmm. and I loved playing with those techniques for about as long as an eight-year-old likes a new video game. Right? I mean, <laughs> loves it. And this is what happens to a lot of photographers, right? You buy a fisheye and all of a sudden everything you shoot is fisheye and it's horrible, <laughs> and you're walking down the exact same path of misery that a thousand photographers have done before you. Mm-hmm. But that was what I loved, was learning something new and applying it. Yeah. And so what I decided I wanted to do is more equipment, teaching, learning, consulting, that sort of thing. And so you know, at DT, that's, that's what I get to do every day, is I work with people who are extremely talented and help them identify what tools are best for what they want to do. I nice. get to
0: learn new things every day. That's a pretty cool way of, uh, of putting it. You know when I think about it, yeah, yeah. I mean that's like you said. I started teaching, and it's funny. The school I teach at is a, is the only wet, completely wet campus in in this. I assume so you mean man. you
1: have a dark room, not that you're drinking heavily. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes,
0: that part. So they they still teach all film, and uh, and when I started doing it, I started going in. I started kind of uh, segueing into a current professor who's been there for like five years, taking over his classes. So. What he would give me in the beginning was the stuff he hated teaching. After ten years, was like um, uh, like digital, like literally. People come in and go, "This is how you work your camera. This is what shutter speed is, and aperture, and ISO." And uh, and people come in with point and shoots and DSLRs and all kinds of stuff. And um, at first, I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be tough," you know. And and but honestly, it's it's crazy how, like you said, how going through what you can do blindfolded or with your eyes closed. With other people and letting them get that aha moment. Oh, it's it, amazing. Yeah,
1: it's so fulfilling. When someone understands aperture for the first time and they say, oh, you mean the, the, you can make the background fuzzy? And you go, <laughs> yes, absolutely. And they start shooting wide open and and then shooting stop down and they understand that relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like teaching a kid to talk. It's, yeah. it's magical.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy. Fortunately, to
1: be clear, most of the time I'm teaching people about high-end things like you know, diffraction. Mm-hmm. But you know, shutter speed and aperture would be fun too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You got to start somewhere. God forbid somebody come in to buy a Phase One that knows how aperture means. That's it. That's wait, good.
0: wait, 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 but Just be honest though. Has that ever happened? Yeah, if you have to think. <laughs> no, don't even say anything. Don't even think. if you have to think like that. I mean, it's, yeah.
1: Well, I will say that uh, one of the weird things is this job gives you access to some of the most elite photographers in the world, and right. an elite by whatever measure you want to say—amount of publishing or amount of day, the, their day rate, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I will say that there is no relationship between technical knowledge and success at the absolute top level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is about knowing how to run a crew. It's knowing about how to develop relationships with people that will be hiring you. It's about lighting and style and moment. And as soon as you get past like tier three for just making up arbitrary tier levels, as soon as you're above tier three, <laughs> you can hire someone who understands, okay, well, that light is currently blurring because, you know, its flash duration is not quite fast enough for the shot we're doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. hell, at a certain level, you're hiring a guy who hires a guy who yeah. knows that the flash duration on that unit is measured in T1, one ten thousandth of a second isn't fast enough. That's like
2: Gregory Crutzen level right there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Crutzen yeah. <laughs> was actually a client of ours at my last job. Wow. And- that's awesome. He's an amazing photographer. We mostly dealt with his assistant. Yeah. And I will say nothing positive or negative about Crudison's knowledge because we never talked to him. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 All the technical stuff always went through his assistant. And I wouldn't be surprised, and this would not be an insult in any way, would not be surprised if he really didn't know at a deep level about the technicals of his camera mm-hmm. because he was focused on the things that Gregory Cruson does amazingly well.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's, it's one of those things where you sit there and say, um, you know, you get to that level, like you said, where where you have people who you have to delegate. Simple as that. You have to delegate because then you can concentrate on doing what you're getting paid a lot of money to do, which is make art, shoot in your signature style, that kind of thing. And at some point you manage
1: logistics, right? I mean these yeah. shoots that you get twenty thousand dollar creative day rates for. Yeah. They are mammoth shoots. Logistically, mm-hmm. they're they're epic. You're yeah. more of a director on some of these shoots. Than oh yeah. Are, totally oh yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, And you think of it, it's why like to me I when I started getting more and more into photography. I started realizing why movies cost so much money. Oh yes, because you rent all of the gear for the most part, and then the amount of people just just to, just to run it. Yeah, you know? photography. It's like it's photography.
2: It's like you're shooting a single scene out of a movie. Like when you get to that I point, see, yeah, you yeah. have you have to be a director, like you said. And Hopefully, at some point, you'll have a budget for the producer, so you don't have to worry about a lot of the. Little- you know the logistical stuff. You know, every but. once in
1: a while, you run across these these jack wagons on a forum or on Facebook <laughs> or whatever that link to a post where you see like a video of one of these guys or gals doing the super high end shoot, and they're they're ten feet away from the camera the whole time. Person, like, well, they're not even the photographer, dude. You do not understand. <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and switch you out for the guy who's standing there or the gal who's standing there directing a crew of twenty people yeah. on a site that's costing them. to rent for the one-week shoot or whatever with a model whose day rate would make your eyes bleed. Oh, no. And (laughs) if you can switch out with them, I don't think you're going to be touching the camera either.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's true. And like it was funny. There was – the first time I got a taste of that was when Chase Jarvis used to post all these um, behind-the-scenes things on his blog years ago, right? And literally he's showing people how he's shooting golfers. And he's shooting, you know, uh, putting together a whole bunch of frames of, of a golf swing. And uh, someone, yeah, I remember literally, that. someone yeah. asked, what was the shutter speed on that shot? <laughs> and he literally just <laughs> went, I have no idea. And then someone goes, you're not a real photographer. And I'm like, did you just seriously say that the Chase <laughs> Service? I'm like, how about the fact that he was the guy who realized that this is what we're getting. This is what we want. Whatever the... You know, shutter speed or aperture is—it's going to be what it is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he shot this six months ago. Are you really asking the guy what the shutter speed was on yeah, the fucking? I file? think it's
1: sort of like a parabola in some ways. At the very beginning, at the very low end, people don't know what they're doing. As you get better and as you get more successful, typically you gain more technical knowledge along the way mm-hmm. because you have to, or right. because you can, whatever. But at the at the after that, once you've reached a certain point, it is somebody else's job to yeah. worry about. Pixel counts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's your job to the worry pa- about. The pixel papers.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're, you're kind of an overall kind of big pick well, now. It sounds pretty Yeah, like you're, you you have to guy. be like
2: the wrapping paper of that big the big thing that's inside of it. You know? That's a really The present. On s- <laughs> <laughs> to the next question. So um <laughs>
1: it's these it's these drinks that you know what, what's strange, Start though? do us to drink. We do have, you know, you come across a handful of, of clients who are just so phenomenally knowledgeable about every single part of this. Right. Especially still life guys, product guys, typically, the guys who are working on smaller sets. These guys can know so much about photography that even though it's literally my job to learn these things and know them and be able to teach them, I'll still be in awe of how are you, how, how did you just do that? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Astoundingly level of, te- of technical knowledge. Yeah yeah you've gotta you gotta stay open for that too you know it's you always have as, to be able to learn
2: yeah as soon as you don't don't think you can learn you're you're done you're just out but all right, so the next question we had was um everyone wants to be on that level everyone wants to use this kind of gear um everyone wants to be able to have access to this kind of stuff what how would someone kind of get your attention to do anything like collaborations? Or, or sponsorships from you guys, if you do that sort of thing, at all. Like, you know, what what would what do you look out for when you see people coming? Do they have to be really well established? Do you sometimes see something in someone you're like, oh,
1: let's let's talk to this kid more? You know, well, I think it's it's actually it's strange because we do have a lot of people that we, for instance, do blog articles about, or that Phase One will feature on the website, and we have people that will ask to come talk at events. You know, Douglas Saunders mm-hmm. was just at our last event. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he had nothing to say. He, is a, he <laughs> is a talker, as I think you well know. Yes. But we don't, we don't really sponsor people. So there are camera companies, and actually I think most camera companies, from my peripheral experience, yeah. most camera companies do sponsor people, meaning straight up, use our camera, here's some money. Right. Here's, not just here's the camera, but here is money, and we will go ahead and continue to deposit this in your bank account every month, <laughs> so long as you're posting that you use our camera. Right. We don't really do that. And partly is because phase one's a boutique company. It's a small company. You know, it is, uh, you're looking at like 200 people across the world working on this stuff. Yeah. That is, that's not the sort of behemoth corporation that has a $20 million ad budget. Right. So we really don't, we don't pay anybody off. We do have people that we work with and we have people that, that will, you know, work with, I shouldn't say that. I, I would say this we are always open to working on cool projects with people. Mm-hmm. And whether that means like a really discounted rental or it means maybe taking a one-day rental and giving them the whole weekend, right. whether it means you know having them do something here at the office uh, with the gear, we're always open to that sort of thing. It is, it's not really a matter of prestige or back portfolio. It's more of a measure of, what idea do you have? Right. You know, let's be, let's be very clear. If you're doing an ad campaign for Ford and you call us up and ask for a camera, <laughs> we'll be very glad to sell you one or rent you one. Right. But if you got a cool personal project you're working on and we can work together to find some way to make that work for both of us. Yeah. We do that with a lot of people.
2: That's cool. That's good to hear. That nice. you guys are really concentrated on the vision and the idea and like well we, you know, the real, we love the photography, story. right? Yeah.
1: Every one of us at this company, except for our accountant because she's the accountant. Right? <laughs> Every one of us love photography. Right. We love the images. We love the people. So she, yeah, probably, you has, cool idea. she probably has the best Instagram account of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we we work with people on stuff all the time, and we are uh, we're always open for a cool idea. Yeah,
0: it's awesome. So speaking of that, the world is
1: full of karma, man. You got to give a little to get a little. Oh, exactly. Yeah,
0: totally. Um, So I know you said, like you were saying that you know you do weddings because it's. I mean, well, essentially you're signing away if you're good enough every single weekend you've ever had that you can do stuff. Um, But have you ever felt the need to go full time photography or the perks here just too good to let go? The equipment here is fantastic. Yeah,
1: and I love working with the clients. So no, I'm extremely happy here. That said. I think what you said about every weekend is actually a really important point. Mm -hmm. I don't shoot weekends. Sorry, I don't shoot a wedding every weekend. I I shoot 10, 12 weddings a year, and if somebody calls me up for a weekend that's already in a month where I've got something else, I have to look really carefully at that wedding. Is it going to be a cool place, cool bride? Am I getting a lot of money for it? Because I don't want to burn out. I think one of the big things in wedding photography is the rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. If you're not careful, if you're not picking the right brides, if you're not uh, at the right level financially where you know you can kind of accept the smile and grin at the mother of the bride cuz she's asking you for something that you know you just don't want to do right then you can burn out i don't want to burn out i love i genuinely love wedding photography yeah i love providing brides great images of their day and
0: it, it, like you mentioned i mean I- it's weird. Like you, you see people who get caught up in, and we have all been down that road and we talk oh, about yeah. with a lot of guests where it's all about the, um, let's just say prestige. Right. And you sit there and go, you want to tell people you book 30 weddings a year. You know, you, you want to tell people that you're, you're that busy. I know friends of mine that were a little, I've shot, I've shot two weddings in a weekend and attended a third. In, in three states and I want to kill myself but the sick thing is I know friends that will shoot three weddings a weekend on the yes. regular and I'm going I, I, I think I'm in okay shape but to say I'm on my feet for 12 hours a day three days in a row with driving and everything else I'd, I'd probably I'd probably die
1: look it's, it's easy for me <laughs> yeah. to say given that I have a full time job plus I'm doing weddings but I don't think busyness is an indication of success I think it's actually the contrary yeah the most successful people we work with here, they shoot a couple jobs. A year. A quarter. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. of them a couple a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have a guy uh, in Florida who shoots bottles, splashes on bottles. Wow. Wait. Alcoholic <laughs> bottles <right>. with splashes. <laughs> so, it's not categories. That is what he does. So absolute. If you called him up. Tanqueray. Exactly, like Patron. Yeah, you you (laughs) want to shoot a Patron. Actually, I think he does quite a bit of Patron. If you see a high-end liquor shot with a splash going across it, chances are even odds it's his image.
0: Nice. And they pay
1: him so much for one image. He shoots a couple a year.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And And he makes a
1: very healthy living off of it. And if you asked him, you know, are you really busy? Oh yeah, I'm super busy. Three weeks a year. (laughs) You know, it's hard work. Yeah, no. Three weeks totally. a year.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, and that's what you say. You'd rather work smart, not hard. Yeah. You, you know, in that sense. And Wouldn't uh, we all love to get to that point where we're
1: not saying we're busy. We're saying we're happy. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's yeah. Life work balance is something that in the last couple of years I've really, mm-hmm. you know, I, at, at previous jobs I've worked, life work balance wasn't respected as much as it is here. Yeah, you know, We work our asses off when we're here and we do everything we can to support a customer while we're here. But man, you go on vacation, you go on the weekend, you got to live your life. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're you're just skipping through work. And I think I I think when you ask about would I go full time photography, that is for me one of the things is that you end up with this extremely difficult situation where if things aren't running right, if things aren't coming in the way you want to, you're working your ass off to get nowhere, yeah. and your entire life will just fly by. Yeah. Yeah, that was incredibly negative. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but it, but in reality, it's true. I mean, the the company I used to work for, uh, one of the biggest things that attracted me to them, quite honestly, was it was it was a, a tech in the tech space, and everyone from you know the CFO, the president, the CEO, down to interns came in two days a week, and then they worked from home the rest of the time. Nice, and yeah, yeah and good. to me, it, it was very much that. Like when I first started. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, a single guy, and I was enjoying it, and I would come into the office every once in a while because I worked remotely, remotely. Um, and then, you know, but I didn't realize how beneficial it was until, you know, I got together with Jessica and, you know, our two kids, and I realized, like, yeah, that's that's huge. Like, I can go to soccer practice. I can pick up the kids from school. I can, you know, do all these things, help them with their homework. And, and if I had to commute to work every day at 7 a.m. and then get home at 7 p.m., just to see him for dinner and bedtime, it you know, it, it wouldn't be the same, you know? And uh so it's really important.
1: Man. We just got so sentimental so quick. I uh, know. I'm thinking about the movie Was it Rewind now? <laughs> Flash was it Flash? <laughs> no, rewind, right?
0: With uh with Adam Sandler? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, click it was click, 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 click yeah, click. Wow. Mm-hmm. I
2: I feel a little down right now. <laughs> should we let's, drink more or should I, we drink I, less? Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring it on back up. All well, right, Steve. Well, Jose Hero. already finished his before we started. So <laughs> I, I wish <laughs> I didn't say that out loud.
0: <laughs> that's when you know it's like, does this guy ever
2: drink? Well, I just thought
0: it was blue, his, and it was... you can't
2: see it, but his face is a little red now. It's a little rosy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I love to actually. You at, at Photo East, you you did the interview where you're talking to was it Bartik. Yeah, mm-hmm. talking about you know the danger of success and that if you do mm-hmm. things wrong, the more successful you get, that's not going to make you happier mm-hmm. if you do it yeah. wrong. If you can't yeah. find that work life balance, then lots and lots of great work. And no play makes Jack something, something. Go adult, crazy,
3: adult, don't adult. mind if I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, and it's, it's totally true. I mean, but at the same time, it's just, it sucks to say that not everyone thinks that way. You know, some people are like, I'd rather work my ass off from my 20s to my 40s and I can retire at 45, 50. You know? <sighs> yeah,
1: that's a great mentality until you get to 40 and you haven't made it and now you're still working. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: that's a- is that a good transition to this next question or no? I don't yeah. know. I think it was maybe not now, maybe a little I don't know. <laughs> What's the question? <laughs> I'm just going to wait like five more seconds to ask it now um, are, I mean, work-life balance are there any personal projects that personally, are there any personal projects that personally you would like to do that you haven't done yet or you kind of want to but maybe it's just trying to find the time between the you know, no
1: you're no, gonna, you're going gonna to love this, this. My side project is naked women, right? Oh
0: wait, he sent That's, me this. It's true. No, I want to start
1: with that very, very clear descriptor so that no one takes on errors about what it is,
0: right? A lot of mountains and valleys.
1: Yeah. So that I, I, I think it's kind of a damn shame that in the modern age we have such an ability to share so much pornography and that we have so much access to naked bodies, that. Some of what I think for the entire history of mankind was recognized as as a truth is kind of lost now, and that is the human body is we're we're well if you believe in evolution and I do, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it, it is driven evolutionary to find evolutionarily it is driven that we find the female form as as men if you're straight or men if right. you're you know it's it's evolutionarily driven that you find the body attractive and. Right? Yes. Greeks, yeah, Romans yeah, yeah. have this all over the place always. I just feel like when I think about the Roman times, it was just one gigantic orgy. Mm-hmm. I just mean, so much nudity really everywhere could, and every uh, You ever watch, uh, what was it, Spartacus? Yeah, that and 300. I mean, it
0: was not a movie
1: full of dad bods.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be real.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, with that in mind, with the fact that we're sort of inundated with, with nudity and pornography... Anybody who shoots people without clothing is just sort of blunted into the same category. And that's a damn shame because there's certainly a shit ton of guys with cameras out there who just want to hire some 20-year-old with big boobs Mm -hmm. and have them take off clothing and and quote-unquote take pictures while they watch. (laughs) But... But, There are big air quotes on that one. I I, I hope (laughs) what I do is is very different than that. When I started in college, we had a variety of assignments and one of them I had to shoot. I, I don't remember if I had to shoot or the description of the assignment was like really... Prone to a really lend itself to a nude, mm-hmm. and when I started researching, you know, Edward Weston and the Pepper and and various forms of nude photography by people who are incredibly talented with vision and texture and light, what I found was was just that: that the body is incredibly attractive. I mean, there's there's nothing that looks as good to a person as the gender that they find attractive. Right. In yeah. In the nude, right? This is what we're we're driven to feel, mm-hmm. and so if you can take that. And instead of presenting it straight on, you know, here's a naked chick. You can present it in a more abstract way. For me, it's it's bodyscapes. It's a form of nude that makes the components or the parts and pieces of a body feel like a sweeping landscape, feel like an isolated abstract, feel yeah. like something other than a body. And I think what happens, you kind of mentally decouple the reaction you have to the body, like as a culture, as oh slut shaming or right. nudity something, or something taboo. Right. Instead yeah, of thinking yeah. about the taboo or thinking about that direction, you just get to appreciate the body as a thing, as, mm-hmm. a, as an object. And in some ways it's, it's objectifying, but I think in a deeper way, it's it's much more liberating to say, we're going to take away those taboos and just expose how beautiful the body is. And I'm not just saying body in pristine, you know, perfect form. Like ripped. Everybody's bodies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's weird to say this in a room full of three guys, <laughs> but everybody's body is attractive. Yeah. It's it's these social mores we form around weight and around body type. Well, and around- what's funny is
0: you think about uh, what is considered, I mean, we've all seen these articles where people retouch women and whatever. <laughs> right. But when they had like a bunch of different retouchers in different countries. Yeah. And that the, was, that was what, really what the ideal – view of a mm-hmm. woman in terms of uh let's just say weight and body shape is completely different yeah but then you think about like painters 10 years ago everyone was curvy yeah and big yeah. and that was it Absolutely. that was that was what you painted and nowadays it's like early hollywood figure. it was all about the curves yeah. yeah yeah
1: and now amy schumer is like considered fat even though she is a normal body yeah. type oh yeah any stretch yeah. of the imagination it's
0: crazy Actually, speaking of which, what was it? Mark, uh, Mark Seliger shot her, was it GQ? Oh, with covered? the uh, Star Wars? Yeah. With, yeah, yeah. Where right, she's yeah. sitting in bed smoking topless and people lost their goddamn oh, eyes. I, th- I have not it? seen that.
2: that is- I forgot what it was. Her finger was in C3PO's Can mouth. Somebody or bring that like up, that. please. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. Her
2: fingers were where? Yeah, it was. It was in like a suggestive, a suggestive position in like C-3PO's mouth, something like that. I can't oh, remember exactly yeah. what it was. So it, was like, robot, it was interesting. It was robot cool
0: suggestive. Yeah. Yes, yes.
1: It was awesome. Is it still considered slut shaming if it's a robot? <laughs>
0: That's a good question. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, let's see. So we kind of went over this one. So I'm just gonna cross that one out. Um, oh
1: well, no. But I should say so. Yeah. The, for the body escapes, it is the case that I know that I'm on the wrong side of life work balance when I'm not shooting some of those once a quarter. Right? right. Because to me it is, it's not that difficult to arrange. It's not that much time. Mm-hmm. I have a fairly large network of people I've worked with in the past. So I can just sort of send out an email, say I'm going to shoot in two weekends, you know, let's do it. Right. And I can do, put together a shoot. I know that I'm not doing it right in life when I don't get to do that. Cause that gives me a lot of personal satisfaction.
0: And that's true. I mean, and like you said, it's, it's, it's finding that balance. And I know personally people like my last year of my life, uh, I haven't shot much, you know, and people go, Oh, well, how's photography? I go, to be honest, like I got lit off my job. I looked for work. I, I was scared to shoot because if I travel and then I got called back for an interview, I just always had that fear, um, because it was no longer just me. And, and then I sit there and go, well, I shot, um, let's see. I've done stuff for Verizon wireless for LinkedIn for Jackson Hewitt, uh, rock and roll marathon, and like those are things that you would think I'd be kind of proud of, but in reality, I love portraits. And then I'm sitting there going, I haven't shot a model in over a year, yeah. And that's what bothers me. It's not that I made some good money making the, the year, and I and I get to do event coverage and I get to feel competent with a camera, um, but it's that <laughs> so he's looking. I'm so sorry. I
1: just. <laughs> I was just handed the photo of Amy Schumer putting her fingers, turning his knob. Yeah. She's (laughs) definitely turning
0: his knob. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's pretty awesome, right? I mean. It's so so good. And I think that was. I have no idea what we were talking about before now because
1: she is. (laughs) She's great. And you know she what's funny?
0: I, I'm pretty, almost 100% positive. That was a Mark Seliger shot that yep. moment, And I actually met him for the first time at Stand uh, at, at, uh, Standout in New York. Yep. Current customer <laughs> and of ours. I, yeah. I saw him in LA last year speak. And when I saw him speak again in New York, it was just as good.
1: Great photographer. Yeah. Great, great speaker. Honestly, it's not necessarily the same skill set. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of photographers yeah. that we would love to put up in front of a mic and... Uh, they're probably better off making images. Yeah, yeah, people people <laughs> would just be sleeping.
0: Right. No, it's true. Um so let's just getting back into gear. What's one piece of gear mm-hmm. that you wish you could afford and would possibly own one day?
1: There is no question in my mind. Okay, here we I go. am a lens junkie. Okay, and lens junkie doesn't mean the most expensive or newest or right. technically best. Best it means image quality. Some weird ass lens that is just so unique and different.
0: You mean that? Wait, he's gonna, he's going to mention that steampunk one that I've seen <laughs> that's like all gold. Wait, Okay, I'm kidding. Is it? Your uh, series? No.
1: However, <laughs> let's come back to that. The lens that I would want more than anything right. is the lens that Stanley Kubrick bought from Zeiss that also went to the Apollo missions that was previously a design uh, explored by the Nazis and before that by the Zeiss company in their original name. Holy shit. This lens is a 50 millimeter f.7. Wow. Which, by the way, yes, that is possible. Aperture, of course, is a... a, Well, actually, Mr. Professor, (laughs) what is aperture? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Since since you teach aperture, what is aperture and how is it possible that it could be below f1?
0: Below f one, I think the only time I've ever seen that is in a lot of film lenses uh, for for movies. And below f one, honestly, you've got so me it's back.
1: aperture is a ratio of two dimensions of the lens, yeah. and almost all lens designs the aperture opening is smaller than the uh, exit pupil, and so that ratio is larger than one. Right. But in some lenses, if you specially design them, you know you have the Noctilux for Leica. That's an F9, uh, f nine f. 0.95, so a little less than F1. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
1: and this lens was designed by NASA to shoot the shadow side of the moon. Right. Wow.
0: And if you don't know, that's where Transformers are. From. Right, that's
1: <laughs> that's their base, right? That's
0: the dark side of the moon, yeah. That's the photo they're not showing anybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so they made, I, I want to say they made like six... And three of them went to NASA, and three of them went to Stanley Kubrick, and Zeiss kept the last one. Or wow. Again. I think have said seven, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Zeiss kept one as a prestige thing, and for their own like in-house reference, some of them went to NASA, and some of them went to Stanley Kubrick. And he used them in a uh, – damn, what was the name of that movie about the Irish guy? Oh, that one.
0: <laughs> uh, all I know is Clockwork Orange.
1: Yeah. So it wasn't for Clockwork Orange. But so it was uh, – it's a 50-millimeter F.7, and it is – Dreamy when you see the Oh, scenes, I can so imagine. He, he, he wanted this lens and he bought them for what I can't imagine what they would have sold it to him for. Right? You think about asking Zeiss to design a lens for you and they make eight of them. <laughs> what are they going to charge you per lens? <laughs> right?
0: Do, so, do the math.
1: He wanted it to shoot candlelit scenes in this movie without any fill. Wow. In a day before ISO 2 million right. cameras, <laughs> right. you know, where it was two like
0: billion. 200.
1: Yeah, where you got like I you know, you could find fast film stocks. I'm a little out of my area of expertise now for movie film in the nineteen whatever sixties, but you know, maybe you could get ISO eight hundred or sixteen hundred or something. Yeah. And yeah. so the only way to get more light was either to add more light or to use a faster lens. And once you get down to like F one two, how are you gonna get a faster lens? No problem, just have Zeiss design it for you. There you go. Barry Lyndon. This is clutch, man. Yes, you are so this works so clutch. Is, this is why we have <laughs> nude photos
0: of Amy. And yeah, that's... And Stanley Kubrick movie credits. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. So
1: I would, I would totally love that. There's actually somebody who, I don't know if they bought it from their, from, from whoever ended up with the lens or if they, I don't know how, but they have one and they will rent it to you for like $5,000 a day.
0: And you know what? Honestly... It comes with
1: the free camera.
0: It comes with the was, free HD camera. I was going to say, that to me though, isn't outrageous. When you think about... It's not outrageous.
1: Yeah. yeah no, yeah. It, it's one of those things. So I, I subscribe to a Whiskey of the Month Club and... There's a there's a, guy, there's a company in Ireland that will sell you small vials of scotch, and they'll sell them to you pre-measured out as one ounce, right? And that makes no sense <laughs> if you're going to buy Johnny Walker Black, <laughs> right? The bottle is whatever, 30, 40 bucks, just yeah. buy the bottle. Yeah. But what if you want a bottle of $2,000 scotch? Right, like Louis, Instead, Louis, Louis the
0: 14th, whatever else. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: or I mean, even, even higher. So you yeah. can buy one of these absurdly expensive whiskeys, and you can buy one ounce of it. Well, where was I going with this? Um, the lens, right? Yes. I, I would never buy the lens. Maybe one day, you know, I've done extremely well in my career. I want to organize a shoot around it. I'll go rent that lens. And if you're listening and you if you rent that lens, I will trade you phase one rentals for it. <laughs> I will trade you a lot of phase one rentals Just for it.
0: bring me that lens.
1: But you asked about the steampunk lens, right? Yeah. So uh, a couple months ago, I started a project where I found ultra fast lenses that mount to phase one cameras. Mm-hmm. And for a lens to mount to a camera, you need to have several things be true, right? You need to have a physical mount that will physically adapt it and hold it on. Otherwise, you're just kind of holding up with gaff tape. That's not very good. Uh You need the film format it was designed for to be larger than the film format you're shooting or the same. And you need uh, some method of focusing, ideally. Otherwise, you're kind of fixed focus at one point. Mm -hmm. So I found this IMAX 130 millimeter F2 CineLux Schneider projector lens. Wow. And it's got a gold ring on it. And its aesthetic rendering is actually very similar to the the steampunk reference right. that you made. Right. Yeah. It is uh, a, a very beautiful out of focus bouquet that, that sort of looks swirly and crazy at one thirty millimeter F2 and, and aperture is relative to diagonal of the sensor. So F2 in medium format is like F fucking fast 35mm. <laughs> right. It is so shallow at 60 or 80 megapixels. It's like part of the eyeball we in focus, not part right. of the eye. I'm talking right. about just the retina. You'll see part of wow. it in focus, part of it out of focus. That's crazy. Didn't That's
2: didn't By someone way. just I'm, with the, uh, the the steampunk lens thing you were talking about? Didn't someone just post a video of them shooting some sort of video on
0: a mirrorless camera? I think I think it was on f stoppers. Was sure. it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is that what lens you were
2: talking mm-hmm. about?
0: That, okay. Yeah, it was literally just gold. It just yeah. looks like some yeah. sort of old telescope I, I can't think of the name of it. mounted on a mirrorless camera, and they're like, we did it. And the way <laughs> the guy did it was like kind of like what you said. Well, I'm, I didn't read the whole article. I'm sure half of it is gaffer tape and the other half is bubble gum <laughs> and, and some sort of screws of titanium or other, but it was definitely interesting. So um, you mentioned like the piece of gear that would be just wish list. Okay, so Stevie's going to take it over with the next one.
2: Uh, which one is it? the favorite piece of gear of all time?
0: Yeah, just in a sense of like what okay. he uses.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there you, you go. go. So <laughs> with, every, with everything you've used, well, even everything you have, you know, especially with what you have access to, what's one of your favorite? I don't know pieces of gear. Is it lens camera? Like-
0: yeah, like our lighting or.
1: I, I gotta say, it is eye opening in this job to to be able to handle thirty and forty thousand dollars cameras and also handle $1,000, $2,000 cameras and also handle your iPhone. Yeah, And it is so true what I was told one week into a photo education at, at OU, the camera you have with you is the best camera. Yeah, right? there you go. And there is a camera, cameras are tools, they should not be idolized, they should not right. be worshipped. Yeah. They are tools and they do some things well and some things poorly. And that is just as true of a $30,000 camera as it is of your iPhone. Mm-hmm. There are things yeah. that the phase one system will do that will just blow your mind and there are things that it does really shittily, yeah. right? Like you do not want to shoot sports, the phase one camera. <laughs> you can spend $30,000 camera. You bring that out to shoot sports, you're going to get terrible, terrible yeah. images. Yeah. You're, actually, you're basically, you're not going to get images, right? <laughs> the, the speed of the focus, the speed of shooting, it, it's just not meant for that. Yeah. So when you say, what's your favorite camera? And that's that's a fantastic question, but I don't have a favorite camera. I have favorite cameras, favorite gear for specific applications. You want to shoot a portrait? Love me some phase one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually,
1: love me some phase one with either the super modern Schneider lenses or one of these retro sort of steampunk ish right. lenses. Yeah, that I,
2: right. That, that's I think that's the perfect answer. That's what I was hoping to hear because just this before we got here, we, we were having a drink and we were talking about this shocks
3: me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we were talking about equipment and tools, and something that came up was video, and I was just I was just messing around with my iPhone. Uh, The 6S that I just got on the way here. And the video just blows my mind. You know, there's certain things
0: that does. I have to say this. He was taking video, and in my head, I'm watching him (laughs) while we're trying to walk over here. And it was the equivalent of the boyfriend in American Beauty, where he's talking about the fucking (laughs) bag. And I'm watching (laughs) him, going, dude, we have to get there. What are you doing? And he's taking video of him stomping in a puddle over a sewer grate. But I'm not going to lie to you. When you said he you were drinking, <laughs> do you mean you were smoking heavily?
2: <laughs> this was before so, we had anything to drink. Right.
0: This is on the way it, here. Right. It was. It was right. how
2: the light. It was dark. It was raining. The light was pretty. I'm pretty, gonna pretty lie, cool. I'm not going to lie. He
0: showed me the video in slow mo, and it, it's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> and I'm I, and I
2: sitting there going, "God damn it!
0: I don't want to like this, but it's
2: really cool." But that's that's our whole point. We we're you know you talking about you really you really can't have a favorite piece of gear because it's so specific. There's tools for each thing. If you need a screw and a drill, you're not going to use a hammer. But an iPhone, it's a it's a fucking phone. Yeah. But the video quality now, like you can you can legitimately use that as a tool for certain parts of a
1: video production. Hundred percent. You wanna be a little more incognito, you wanna be yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit more low key, yeah. pull out a phone, hold it by it's, your waist. That is a legit video camera. It it's is insane. not gonna have certain attributes you're gonna get. Exactly. Out of Five thousand dollar a day exactly. lens on a two thousand dollar a day camera.
2: You can't go from like daytime to night because I the focusing and the exposure, it's it's fucked up. It's not gonna be good, but it's a tool, and it's a phone.
0: Yeah, and no, they're, they, there are actually mini computers in our pockets yeah. now. And
2: I th- again, I think it was F-stoppers. I, th- I think Lee Morris or someone had a comparison of, I think it was Nikon D750, compared to the video from the iPhone, and they're like, the 4K image down from the iPhone was better than the 1080 from the Nikon. That's
0: kind of sad. It was,
1: it's <laughs> But sad. it's true. I, I mean it says a little bit yeah. about the Nikon as well. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey,
0: hey. I'm a Nikon guy here. All right. So, but, you know. But yeah, it
2: just goes to show you that like there's tools that you need to use for different things. Yeah. So let me, sure. wait,
1: let me hit you with some gear that I love. All right. Okay, so Go. Fuji X Pro 1.
2: Okay. All oh, yes. of those. Yeah. A
1: couple months after it came out. Love it. Yeah. Portable, yeah, you got to get the extra grip. Mm-hmm. You got to get the extra grip. But with the extra grip on there, you know, they make all these cameras so damn small.
0: Oh, yeah. You feel like, yeah. a, feel like an ogre trying and to hold it. We have
1: big hands. Yeah, man. This is a touching moment here. I'm just touching <laughs> your hand. We both have big hands. And I need that extra grip. Yeah, you kind of have extra grip on that Fuji X-Pro1. It feels good. It's fairly minimalistness controls. You know, a lot of the Japanese cameras have so many damn buttons everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. And <laughs> menus that are like 28 options deep. And you can't remember where anything is. And it's just not fun to shoot with. The Fuji's fun. It's like yeah. operating
2: a, ch- a Kaiji just to take, no, a, take a photo. That's the one that uh, Jaleel has, right? That has the shutter it,
0: that is so I think quiet. he has the
2: XT one, right? Or was it the X-Pro one? No, uh, I don't, don't know. I don't know
0: Fuji well enough to be quite honest. Awesome I don't know. It was a Fuji and it was beautiful. a friend of ours who shoots street portraits. And he shoots stuff. The incognito part of it is very important for him. And we were playing with it at a bar and I was taking a picture and I didn't oh, think right, it yeah. even took the picture yeah. and then I realized that's how quiet it is and then I was going oh my Sony's pretty quiet and I got it for the same idea of being incognito with walking in yeah. the city and shooting and not carrying my you know $6,000 D4 and uh and I, I started shooting with it and realized how loud it is. And I was just like, <laughs> it's such a dumb thing. As photographers, I'm sure you realize that happens all the time. You get hung up on one little thing and you're like, yeah. why is my camera so loud? I can't. I, don't, I, I have to it's get rid crazy. of this camera.
1: It's like, it's actually torture. I think the worst thing you do in the world to somebody is remind them that they hear a slight buzz in their ear. Because <laughs> for at least 48 hours afterwards, all they'll be able to do when they're not doing anything else Hear yeah, the, the dance yeah. or floaters, floaters in the eyes, eyes. Oh, yeah. just did it to you <laughs> just did it to you you see floaters in your eyes everywhere you cannot ignore them
2: that's that's interesting i didn't think of this when we were playing with a camera but on movie sets and like behind the scenes stuff especially talking about there's certain things that are great tools a camera that's like the fuji that's a lot more or a lot less expensive than like a high-end nikon uh canon a phase one or anything for a movie set, that, something like that, that cheap might be something really good. Absolutely. I mean, you it's, have an option
1: yeah. of a gigantic sound blimp. Yeah. And it still makes a little noise. Or, or it's a mirrorless. Yeah. It's all about the right tool for the right job. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. We got the Fuji X-Pro one. I love. Uh, I was did a portrait with my girlfriend at uh, Penumbra Studios. Shout out to them. They do some cool stuff. Wait, it's called, it's called Penumbra? Penumbra, which I is heard. the... I heard that you know, as penumbra a is? number of
0: studios, <laughs> a penumbra.
1: Penumbra. Okay. number. Penumbra. Penumbra is, I believe, the halo around the sun during an eclipse. Holy or shit. Or maybe it's the outside of the sun where it makes the little fuzzies sort of yeah. waves of, of light. I don't know. It's Penumbra. It's, it's something to do with the outside of the sun.
2: What's this called? Sun fuzzies.
1: Sun fuzzies. So <laughs> a Sun Fuzzy Studio has these sort of retro events. They do tin types. They also bring in the Impossible Project every once in a while. Oh, and cool. And so we did an 8x10 Impossible Project portrait of the two of us. Wow. Nice. Nice. and it is one of my favorite keepsakes first of all cuz she's hot and it's just so nice to have picture <laughs> her up on the wall with me it's like this girl chose me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also because it's an 8x10 Polaroid. I mean, not Polaroid. It's a right. possible project. Yeah, Trademark yeah. pending. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it is so special. And it is obviously the wrong tool for almost every job. <laughs> right? But for the jobs where it's the good, it's such a cool camera. So that, let's see. Another favorite camera, Arca Swiss R-Body. Mm-hmm. This is an RM3DI or RL3DI. This is a sort of a series Arca makes. It is a retro, but not retro to be retro retro in that it's still continuing the classic tradition of view cameras, tech cameras, that you still cock the lens, you still mechanically change the aperture, you fire the shutter and it has... Actually, wait, 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 (laughs) wait. Let me go
2: fire the
0: shutter for you. (laughs) Okay, all right. Oh, he's got one in the glass. He's pulling it out of a glass case. That is cool. Look at that thing. I think
2: the Sun Fuzzy's just shone down from above onto this thing when he pulled out of the case. That is crazy. close.
1: Everybody quiet. Here we go. All
2: right. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah. That's the best thing we've heard on any of the podcasts so far. That is a signature. (laughs) That is a signature sound. Yeah. I think that's how we should... Start this
1: episode.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, what's so nice about that here you're dealing so you use an arco with a phase one back. And it's like it's a camera that's it's a camera that's only made for like one application, landscape architecture, interior, wide angle photography. It's I mean, it's a horrible sports camera. It's a bad portrait <laughs> camera. It does landscape architecture interior really, really well. Right. And that camera is a kind of a hybrid, right, of a phase one digital back, which is the latest and greatest technology. And a shutter that was around for decades, honestly, I, don't, I, I should know this. I don't know how old the Copel shutter is. It might be 100 years old. Right. It is so fun to work with a system that is super high-end tech, coupled with your turning dials and knobs and when you when you spring it open, when you do the cocking of the shutter and you fire it, it's basically like a watch mechanism. In there, yeah, right? I was going to say it's like classic I just, I just keep mechanism. picturing those like the
2: old Western photos, you know? Yeah, where well, you had, to, stay, there you had like... to stand still for <laughs> 10 minutes and not even
0: move. And, it's and no funny. one's
2: ever smiling. But that's why.
0: Because no one can hold a smile for as long as you had to have an exposure yeah. for. So yeah. just go, stand still. And you just look very angrily. You know what <laughs> It made every Westerner kind of outlaw look like a badass. In reality, there are probably a lot of feminine dudes who just were like, but and they now, couldn't really it Now pull all, all we off.
1: do is we add a lot of clarity and it's the same one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's see. I'll give you one more favorite piece of equipment. Sure. Feel free to cut all of this out. <laughs> but I just, I mean, this is what I am. I'm a camera nerd. I'm an unabashed right. camera nerd. I think yeah. I'm a decent photographer, but I am unquestionably a huge camera nerd. Right. And one of my other favorite cameras is the sun. Right, have you ever done this? You should totally look up cyanotypes.
3: Doing cyanotypes at,
1: at, at home. So it's just two chemicals. Wait, I'm going to try to show off my chops here. It's ferric ammonium citrate and potassium ferroni- cyanide. Say that twice more, but uh, slightly faster. <laughs> potassium cyanide and ammonium ferric citrate. So it's you mix two chemicals together.
0: Which one of them has the word cyanide in it, so let's just and keep that.
1: Don't drink it. <laughs> As far as I know, and this is not medical advice, as far as I know, these are actually fairly reasonable chemicals as far as, you know, some of the, like I said, some of the color chemicals are are actually pretty toxic. I think this is pretty reasonable.
0: Yeah. Are, they,
1: are they blue by chance? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you just drank cyanide juice. Um,
0: tasted like bleach, but it was really good.
1: So you can do this at home. If you have an inkjet printer and and 20 bucks. You can totally do this. You buy those two chemicals, you mix them in water in subdued indoor light. It doesn't have to be like a dark room, just indoor subdued light. Mix them together, paint them or just pour them onto like based baste, Base baste a piece of <laughs> paper with them. Okay. <laughs> and put something on top of it. It could be a leaf or a rock or it could be a photographic print on a transparency. All right? So take your take your Twitter account, find some Twitter, uh, sorry. Go to your Instagram account, find <laughs> an Instagram picture, print it out, inverted, you know, go into Photoshop, inverted, right. print it out on a piece of transparency paper in your inkjet printer, put it over the piece of paper, take it out into the sun, bring it back 10 minutes later, wash it in water. Huh. That's it. It is no, a photographic, honestly, it's a permanent photographic process, yeah. like silver halide in the dark room, but you don't have to paint it in the dark. You don't have to have it in larger. You just do contact prints with the sun. Five, 10 minutes is enough in bright direct sunlight. Well, not not right now in New York. It'd be like three hours. In New <laughs> yeah, <York right laughs> yeah, now. yeah, yeah. We're getting no sunlight. But you you take that outside, you bring it, in, you wash it off, and you will have a permanent fixed image in blue of your stuff.
0: That's crazy. I'm gonna try that with the kids. Awesome. They probably really like
1: you would you would love it. And if you don't even have time for that, you can actually buy pre made paper with the stuff painted on it.
0: And, and then it, you would just do the other part. You just
1: literally pull it out of the the sh- pull it out of the the light tight bag. Take it outside, put a set of rocks or or leaves or whatever. Your hand on it. Wait ten minutes. Wash it off in the tap. That's, that's awesome. crazy.
0: I don't know if we have to check that out.
1: So that's one of my other favorite cameras. I could go on like this for all day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny. That's what he said. He's like, he's like, listen, send me what you got. Whatever questions, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be fine. I'm living this.
1: And of course, I had to say I am morally obligated. My other favorite camera, of course, Phase One XF. <laughs> Big surprise, <laughs> right? But no, honestly, it's it's a fantastic camera. And when I one of the reasons I like the Fuji. Is I'll take a Phase One XF to a wedding, but there's no joke. It's a it's a pretty beefy camera. Oh yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to take that and two lenses, and then have a backup of that plus two lenses. Right. So I'm going to take a Phase One kit with a couple lenses, and then I'm going to take a Fuji. Right. Right. And together, that's my maximum carry
0: weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't
1: do two phases.
0: No. No one can.
1: I don't. I don't. Well, actually, you know, we do have a customer who's like six foot eight.
0: No, what I'm if saying is, is built, who who would why literally is he not playing basketball? No, but who who would literally dual wield <laughs> like two can you Double imagine? Double fisting yeah. phase
1: one XFs? Yeah. Like That'd You know what? Let,
0: let's just put that out there. If anyone can get their hands on two phase one XF cameras <laughs> on one of those like you know, like like two camera rigs and you just post that to Instagram and yeah. you tag us, yeah. we will totally there send you, you a hat. Tag tag digital transitions. You'll have to buy hundred thousand dollars
1: of the cameras, but we will send you a hat.
0: And tag the angry millennial and you'll get a free hat. <laughs> so listen, we're we're at an hour. So we're gonna do the last few questions, the last three, three are gonna be like a lightning round. Um ready for this? Yeah, so it's gonna be you ready?
1: Hit me. <laughs>
2: So being with uh, DT, digital transitions for a while now, are there, are there any things coming up in the future that are exciting or that you, you can talk
1: about? And so we are opening up an LA office, which is confidential right now. Awesome. Uh, but by the end of the month should not be. LA open.
0: confidential. Good movie, by the LA way. LA
1: confidential. So uh, New York has been our home base of operations and we've had customers everywhere, including LA. And uh, we have decided that we've got to serve the LA market a little yeah. bit more intimately. First of all, Right. Three hour time zone change by itself is a little bit struggling for us to provide the kind of support we want to provide our customers. Right. Right. So we don't want to be saying, oh, I'm sorry, it's eight o'clock on the East Coast. I can't help you. But it's only five o'clock over here in L.A. Well, so now we'll have an L.A. office. Yeah. Nice.
2: Because right now, this is your only physical location. That is correct. Yeah.
1: L.A., I think, has been in want of really good medium format service for for a while. Nice. We're totally there now. Awesome. By the time you hear my voice, we're in L.A.
0: Nice. That's pretty cool to kind yeah, of say And our that. guy who we, uh, we hired love is a there.
1: huge, huge coffee nerd. Nice. As much as a, as a camera nerd as I am, he is a coffee nerd. So we're going to have a badass motherfucker coffee machine in there.
0: Like the one that looks like something at like steampunk. It's like all made exactly. of like Exactly. He's going to be it.
1: turning knobs and <laughs> dialing things in. And he's going to say, Would you like the Northeast Ethiopian coffee? would you like the Southwest? They have a slightly different finish. This is not his actual voice. I, th- yes. I think yeah. on that that's my day. only impression yeah. voice I have.
2: I'm not saying everyone should just bring in Dunkin' Donuts coffee instead of him and just really <laughs> mess it up. No, he would. He, yeah,
0: people like to have an aneurysm. All right, so ready? Time for a deep one. Hit hey. me. But we're going to keep the interest to like 60 seconds. You ready? If you couldn't share your work with anyone, would you still shoot?
1: I think that's what makes the difference between professional and personal work, right? If nobody was paying me and nobody saw the work, I wouldn't shoot weddings. I like weddings. I I genuinely enjoy attending them, but hell that. (laughs) hell with that. I I do love the bodyscapes, though. And if I was the only one that ever saw them, it would still give me a great deal of satisfaction to shoot them. And to create beautiful images. And I love showing them to the models. And I love creating. Uh, but you
0: can't show them to anyone. No, that's what I mean. You can't show I, them to I, anyone. I'm, I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah, I yeah. love
1: that. But even if I couldn't, I'd still do it. Oh, okay. It is deeply satisfying to start with raw material and create. This is why I'd love still life if I had more patience. Start with raw material, make a beautiful image. Start with just bodies and make a scene, a landscape. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, some, some fake trees, a little train set running through, you know.
1: You know, there's a guy in Florida who does that. Oh, I, was I hope kidding, he doesn't listen really? to this podcast because I think his work is so tacky. He has this one where the, like, the belly button is full of water and there's this statuette fishing in it. Wow. like, give me a break. That's kind of funny. It's so cool for like the first five seconds you see it and then you're like, you have an entire career built off of this? Yeah.
0: You know what? If he's, if he's got a whole career built off of it, I guess we can't really knock yeah. him, right? I mean, he's doing something right.
2: Well, this is something we ask everybody, everyone who's on the podcast so far, Um, who's someone that you might like to hear us talk to? Someone interesting, doesn't have to be a photographer, anybody creative that you think is interesting yourself?
1: Because I have to say, (laughs) I would love you guys to talk to more equipment R&D people. Yeah, that would be be great. And and I'll tell you what, we can definitely hook you up with people from phase one because that's, of course, who we know. Yeah. And I have to tell you it is fascinating to hear their perspective on things. And I would love to find the motherfuckers who designed the menu systems of the Sony cameras (laughs) and just ask them,
3: why?
1: (laughs) Why? They are so terrible.
0: Yeah, The user
1: interface on the Sony A-series is like, it's not an interface, it's torture. (laughs) I would love to sit them down and say genuinely, I think you must be a super intelligent, smart guy. What the fuck were you doing? (laughs) So no, I I would totally, I would encourage you. Like I said, I can totally hook you up with some phase one R and D guys. These are people who spend their entire lives in camera manufacturing and making these tools. Yeah. And at least with the sort of more boutique people, Arca Swiss, phase one leaf. Yeah. It's a small enough company. They don't have like minders and corporate structure levels in between you. You can just call them up and say, Hey, you want to chat? Yeah. And I hope if you guys can find any contacts through like CPS or NPS yeah. and to talk to Canada and Icon's engineers, I, I think that would be a, a fun thing. Yeah, to, I think that
0: would be really neat. Try to yeah, figure that, out what's going on neat. there. I mean, yeah, yeah. So we,
1: we wouldn't
2: be shooting without them. So, I mean, yeah. that's perfect.
0: Yeah, and we, we even, as you were saying, like even when you said here, I was thinking of the fact that uh, at, at Photo Plus, at the uh, some of the after parties, I, I, found, I saw Francesca mm-hmm. and I said, hey, I'm gonna get you on my podcast. And she started laughing. And she goes, I think you should talk to Doug Peterson. And, and I <laughs> Thanks, go, Francesca. And I go, Because, yeah, because that's Doug's a talker. I mean, let's be honest. And then I go to Lance, and Lance says the same thing. And Lance says, Have you have you talked to Doug Peterson? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, You know what? Doug is on our list, but guess what? Then I'm coming after Lance. And then I told Francesca, I was like, Then you're next. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk <laughs> to like every single mad. yeah. Like- I'm gonna talk to every single one of your coworkers, then you have no. Choice, but to talk with me. <laughs> so, if she's hearing this, you know, you're next.
1: <laughs> if you if you do talk to one of the Fuji R and D guys, ask one my where my my, my X uh, Pro two is. Oh, okay. I want to know where yeah. the X Pro two is coming. Yeah. I, I've been waiting for this thing forever.
2: It's here. You just didn't hear it. Yeah, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> that's a good
1: one. <laughs> well, listen. Wait, you guys didn't even ask me about uh, medium format and the Canon or or whatever the thing.
0: Oh, that's true. That was one. I mean, I, we kind of to touched that. on it.
1: It's,
2: okay. Oh, fuck I, it. I was thinking we, we I'm could go a few minutes <laughs> over yeah. as, I, as I bang the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So, that, yeah, that was, that was something. You know, Jose and I, we shoot DSLRs, Canon, and Nikon, so... We're running the gamut right at the table. Uh, Nubs right there shoots a Canon with Sigma. I think the majority of shooters, professional, amateur, you know, high end, you know, medium, and whatever, are shooting DSLRs. Vast majority, absolutely. Yeah. Um, What's
0: (sighs) you want want me to take it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Go for (laughs) it. I'm just I'm staring at the Phase One right there. I'm just like I, I know I want to get to that point. What, what what's involved with that? What's the big difference? What do you think, like...
1: Well, here's my first question to you. Have you shot with a Phase 1 before? Not the new XF. Yeah, but you've shot with previous backs. I've shot, yes, I've shot with previous well, bats. That's really all you need to know. I mean, it is, <laughs> it's best not to until and unless yeah. on occasion you'd be able to. Right. Do you think, right. I mean, it's a, it's a torture. It's like... It's, do you, do you it's think it's like the first time you have really nice wine? Yeah. You shouldn't do that until you have a job. <laughs> right? When I was in college, before I had a job, one of my, my uncle, who's a kind of a wine snob, sat me down and gave me a great glass of wine. I mean, I have no idea what the bottle costs, but I know it was a hell of a lot more than I could afford at the time. And he knew it. And I was like, "This is a fantastic fucking wine."
0: Yeah, and then, you and, yeah, then the I realized wine. now
1: I've got to still drink the uh, box wine yeah. for the next two years. <laughs> well, with with the whole megapixel wars, and Canon
2: has a fifty megapixel, and I've heard there's rumors of I think 128 megapixel. Yeah, they they were showing one at a, one yeah. of the shows. I think. Do you do you think DSLRs will ever really kind of catch up to the level of medium format? I mean, from what I know and from what I've shot, I it's. To me, it's an obvious you know, day and night difference. But yeah, it's like apples and oranges. It's well,
1: technology. That, that's where the tool for the job comes in. Yeah. I got to tell you, uh, in the wrong situation, a uh, phase one system, no matter how much money you spend, is going to be a terrible system. Yeah. And one of the things that makes it true is that you know, Canon and Nikon, they grow by making their cameras work for a broader range of situations. Yeah. Right? That's how they can make their growth 10%. Actually, right now they're both retreating, but <laughs> yeah. that's how they would like to make their sales go right. up, would be to make their cameras work in more situations. Phase one is actually belligerent about not trying to go down that road, not adding yeah. video or direct right. print or upload to Twitter. Or can you imagine or yeah, I was
0: say like, facial recognition and social media sharing on a phase oh, one a camera? Jesus. I'd be like, they, whoa. They live and die by image quality. That's right. all they want
1: yeah. to do. They want to give it to you in a package that can can be reasonably used, right? They care about usability. Right. But they care about like number one, two, and three on the list are image quality, image quality, image quality. (laughs) And the weird thing is, you can pull out an age 25. And if if you're a still life shooter, I'd encourage you to do this. Like, look up on eBay, age 25. It was a back made in 2002, no LCD, highest ISO that was even reasonable was 100, could only shoot one frame every two or three seconds, no live view, Mm -hmm. and no CF card slot. You had to shoot tethered. But that back from that year will outperform a 5D Mark III today in terms of tonality, in terms of color, in terms of sharpness. It is a superior imaging device. It's just a piece of shit to work with, right? So if you're shooting still life where that doesn't yeah. matter, then honestly, I think you're better off with an H25 than a 5D Mark III and a tilt yeah. lens. Right. I guess, so yeah, I guess as long, the long as they're still targeting, like, general purpose yeah. applications, no, I don't think they will. I think that yeah. phase one and uh, the medium format world will always have an edge in image quality, if only because that's the only thing they're setting out to really, truly emphasize in their engineering. And you yeah. can only, every, All engineering is compromised. You can't make anything – the best at
0: everything. Yeah, And you figure you're the jack of all trades and the master of none.
1: And and honestly, thank God for Canon because they make a camera that somebody can pick up for two or $3,000 and does a quite good job at almost everything. You can shoot sports portrait, low light, great light, strobe, handheld tripod. And it does all of those things pretty well.
0: I would say, yeah, I would say with, with DSLR is probably the biggest thing that they've, gone after and it makes sense yeah in the last let's just say 15 years has been iso performance mm-hmm. and and but it makes sense because it like, opens it, doors but like yeah. you just said it opens all it does of is doors. it makes you more versatile with what you can shoot and some people the biggest thing it's st- stupidly when they go well like i'm a medium format shoots like 150 iso and that's it and it's like because that's what it's made for yes yeah. like it's yeah. not, and even
1: now i mean we now have a cmos back and it mm-hmm. shoots at iso 6400 but that's still nothing compared to ISO twelve million. If you're looking to shoot low light photojournalism yeah. in a war zone, we are the wrong <laughs> yeah. camera, right? No one's gonna wander into yeah. a cave
0: looking for
2: Osama with the face <laughs> <Yeah. cameras. laughs> I know myself, portray and a lot of studio commercial work. I would love to have an XF camera in my hands. But like you said, it's a tool. Yeah. I know, you know. So I guess I guess to answer the question along that like that broad general base, but
0: it's just it's too well, I think because like some people confuse megapixels. Oh, so oh. we're at, oh, yeah. yeah, so we're forty-two
1: at, megapixel camera phone. Oh, that's got to be a great camera, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> and
0: then no. you figure it's not. By the way,
1: speaking of that specific camera, have you downloaded the JPEGs from that?
0: No, the, um, the awful, foot,
1: the Note. <laughs> horrible. I mean, atrocious camera. It is unbelievable because you're putting you're putting
0: that, that many megapixels in a sensor that big I mean, it's that's, like that's the size of your th- thumbnail yeah that's all and it's about. got
1: 42 megapixels on there and it's running with electronics that had to have cost them under 50 bucks for it to be profitable right are you kidding me <laughs> it's exactly what you expect right it's a spec game and that's yeah. all too often what a lot of the big manufacturers get into is just yeah. specsmanship yeah we want a camera that does x and if it's on the spec sheet and it's more if x is x plus one to somebody else's then that's what they're happy with. And yeah. Phase at, in the medium format world is much more about just the pure image quality. Just yeah. Like you said, let's just keeping keep the
0: one thing and just sticking with that and just yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, listen, awesome. Doug, thank you. You're going to been... stick around
1: and drink after this? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you, you're going to take some shots, some six ounce shots with me.
2: Pint glass shots. Yeah. That's, a, that's a new thing for the angry <sighs> millennial. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> all right well listen doug it's been great yes thank you so much uh, thank you us. for you know letting us record here this is a, an amazing i gotta be honest i've always had ideas of what this place would look like phase one treats you well guys yeah there, there's coming, still sushi coming, and more drinks yeah the coming table. in here is pretty <laughs> awesome i've never had a indian food burrito before either and that was oh, pretty yeah. pretty cool Cotty roll coddie roll
1: right hashtag Cotty roll. hashtag Cotty
0: roll. <laughs> <laughs> well listen um it's been great talking to you and uh You know, we'll look forward to talking with some people from you know from DT, and uh, see you around. Ship cheerio! All right, all right.